The views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute legal advice. A podcast is not a substitute for retaining a competent, licensed attorney to advise you on your specific legal situation. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week for episode 207. Our guest this week is an acclaimed music industry executive with two decades of experience. He's the co-founder and president of multiple companies, including 117, Radar Label Group, Noble Management, and Awaken Records. He's worked with top artists, including P. Diddy, Boys to Men, Jay-Z, Dolly Parton, Lone Star, and many more. You can find out more about his work by visiting RadarLabelGroup.com, 117.com, or by following our guest at 117Jason on Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, we are happy to welcome Jason Davis on the Break the Business podcast. Hi, Jason. Hi. Thanks for having me. So excited to have you. This is a really exciting, I I think, uh, something that we try to do on this podcast that we don't do enough of, and so this is why I'm glad you're here, is having somebody on who's got some good, solid experience in the industry and can sort of talk to us about how the industry has changed for indie artists across eras and the opportunities that are particularly exciting for indie artists today. But before we get into any of that, as I look at your resume and all these amazing artists you've worked with that are basically my Spotify playlist right now, I I have to (laughs) sort of know, when you look back on your career with all the top artists you've worked with, with all the companies you founded, what is the one accomplishment in your career that you look at most fondly? Uh, I, I think it's probably a couple of things. First, it, it really blows me away that I've actually had real deep experience in all genres of music. That's something that I don't find a lot of people in my travels or my you know, heading on 22 years in the business have done. So, you know, I've worked, you know, I did a record years ago for Warner Brothers in the Latin industry out of Miami. I've, you know, worked with pop music and country music, alternative artists, country artists, Christian artists, um, rock bands, you know, so over, over the 20 plus years, I've gotten to really touch upon working with every single genre and also have spent real quality time living and working in all of the different music cities, um, even including, you know, having an office, you know, several years ago in London. And um, and I've also worked with artists from all over the world, too. I've worked with artists from Israel and South Africa, Dubai, Canada, the U.S., um, Australia, Singapore, Jamaica. So I think just a wide range of genres and different types of artists that I've helped artists get deals for or managed is really cool. Um, And uh, I just think, you know, getting to a point where I can really serve artists and love artists well um, is, is probably what I'm most uh, thankful for. Um, Just, you know, there's something that 20 years of experiences and 20 years of a lot of failure and, you know, successes uh, affords me, you know, in, in being able to really protect artists and guide them and, 
And uh, so, yeah, I would say that those are those are the, the two things. I'll say this. I, I, that is something that I probably find most intriguing about your career, because when I come across a lot of music executives, they're pretty siloed. They tend to be siloed to one city throughout their career or one genre throughout their career. And you've really been able to bounce around more than most of the record or music executives that I come across in my life. What would you say explains how you've been able to do that? Is it something about your circumstances or something about your background that kind of allowed you to be versatile like that? Really, I would say no. I mean, (laughs) it's really really just been the journey that I feel God has had me on. I, I think that part of the reason God had me, you know, on that particular course and journey working with so many different types of artists and uh, is really to be able to later on now today, be able to serve people really well. So, you know, when I meet a a country artist, I know exactly the industry. I know the, the people in the industry, I know what to do. If I meet a pop artist or an alternative artist or a rapper or a rock band or whatever it is. Like I know the people I I know, I know how to maneuver, you know? Um, so, but I, I would say that it's just, it may, maybe if anything, it's been my, my willingness to, um, take chances and, and not never operating out of fear like I've moved for this, you know, I've, you know, I've lived in Los Angeles. I've lived in New York. I worked out of New York city with an office in New York city for 10 years. I've, you know, spent close to five years living in Los Angeles and I'm there at least a few times a year still. Um, I've spent a lot of time in Miami working on, uh, you know, some Latin records and, um, I think moving, um, you know, years ago, meeting a connection from London and, you know, me flying out there and end up sharing an office space with this person out of London. You know, I've just always been willing to take chances. And one thing that I am very thankful for is I don't really ever operate out of fear. Um, If I see an opportunity to grow or learn, um, or, or develop a new relationship, even if it's outside of my comfort zone, I've never been willing, I've never been, um, afraid of that. So I I would say it's probably a vague answer, but that's probably the main reason why I've worked with so many different types of artists and genres of music. That, uh, that makes perfect sense to me. And it's certainly emblematic of a lesson that we often try to impart to artists on the show about the importance of being fearless and taking chances and not feeling like you need to a hundred percent know how to do an opportunity before you take advantage of it, but just having faith that you can be 80% prepared and you can figure out the rest along the way. Cause you want to take advantage of those kind of opportunities. I'm intrigued by the role that faith has played in your career, your faith. Uh, I mean, that's, that's something that you, you, you very much uh, talk a lot about your company. One, one seven is based on a biblical verse. And I'll tell you from my own experience, uh, the music industry isn't necessarily always a place uh, where people wear faith on their sleeve. Uh, some of the uh, detractors might say that the music industry is a place where religious faith tends to be absent uh, in some corners. Uh, can you reflect a bit on 
what your faith has meant to you in your music career? Is it something that, that guides your activities? Has it ever been something that has limited your opportunities in any way? Um, it's actually, I mean, I, when I first really started reading the Bible, you know, I was, I was about 10 years into my music industry journey. Um, so it's, it's been, you know, 11 to 12 years now. And when I first, when I first went there and, and really started developing my relationship with God, um, I, I had people around me that would tell me to be quiet about it, you know, kind of like Kanye West today is saying, Hey, people around me are telling me to be quiet. <laughs> um, and I think for me, um, I could only speak for myself, but I know tons and tons and tons of people in the business that, you know, work in Los Angeles and, are high up in Los Angeles and New York and, and even Miami. And, you know, the one thing everybody talks about in pop music in Los Angeles and Miami, New York is, and even in country music is just the lack of really solid people, you know, like character people, people with integrity, people who, where their yes means yes. And their no means no people who, don't lie in business. Don't, you know, don't exaggerate in business. People that, um, really actually care about other people. Um, and so everybody knows it. I mean, everybody knows the LA music scene in New York, you know, music scene, Miami, it's just, it's filled with a lot of people that are, that put themselves first, um, and would throw somebody under a bus if it was, you know, convenient enough for them. And, uh, you know, I have very sadly, you know, in the beginning of my career, I at times was enticed by that and surrounded by that. And sometimes was that myself, you know, I had moments where I was greedy or put myself first or wasn't loving people well. And so the one thing I can say is that really since you know, opening up my heart to God and, you know, reading the Bible and, and trying to follow God instead of my feelings or instead of what my dad taught me or, um, it's led me to a place where, um, you know, just, there's a lot more positivity around me. Like, you know, I I would say that many years ago, you know, there was probably a lot of people around me that would say that I put myself first. Maybe I wasn't the greatest person ever. Um, and, uh, and, you know, a lot of the people that surround me today are constantly, you know, encouraging me and telling, you know, mentioning things like that have helped change their life or, um, and, and, and that's a result of my, my faith walk. So, um, I'm just, you know, people in the music you know, especially in Los Angeles, people are so desperate for goodness. And, um, you know, it's just, there's so much void of goodness. And uh, so I don't know if that makes sense, but those are definitely some of the reasons why I'm, I'm passionate about it and try to, you know, lead with that. It does make a great deal of sense to me. And it is a great seg to something else I wanted to talk with you about, uh, bringing it to the focus that that we do each week on this podcast, which is just helping 
give the indie artist listeners out there advice to move their careers forward. One of the things I want to talk to you about was giving some advice to indie artists on how they can build stronger relationships in the music industry. And what I sort of gather from the example you brought, whether it's through religion or otherwise, is getting to a place where you as a person can have good character, where your yes can mean yes and your no can mean no. And it sounds like to you, uh, your faith you know, brought you that sort of character, which made you somebody in the industry that people wanted to associate with and do business with and be close to. And I would imagine that it could be a similar for indie artists as well, that if they if they work on their character, if they get the right reputation in the industry as somebody whose yes means yes and their no means no, it can be a important first step to them building good relationships in the music industry. Yeah. Um and and I and I just I'm gonna hold that just for a second. Mm-hmm. I, I wanna I want to touch upon just one other thing from your last question, you would be amazed. It, it, it is amazing to me how many people, huge people in the industry have, you know, whether it's, you know, Ariana Grande's main record producer who I managed for years or, you know, Becky G's producer or just people at labels. You know, I get questions all the time of like, you know, Jay, like, can you tell me what God says about this? Or, you know, I've been struggling with this, like, you know, like, is this real or, you know, is this in the Bible or, I mean, huge, huge, huge people in the business. Um, I had one guy that I work with in alternative music. We've actually worked with a lot of alternative artists together um, over the years and, and had a lot of success together. And I did something very simple. I mean, I, you know, we, we, we have some really good God talks. He's definitely seeking and, uh, but, but, you know, hasn't really found, you know, God himself. And I sent him, uh, I don't know, a couple of years ago, I sent him a Bible for Christmas, um, with his name on it. And he actually called me up. This is a grown man who has made millions of dollars in the music <laughs> industry. And he, he actually called me up crying and told me like, no one's ever sent him something so caring before. Um, so I just want to throw that last piece of that out there. Um, but as far as, you know, how to build relationships, the thing that has helped me the most is I am always trying to find ways where I can serve somebody or I could deliver something good to somebody. So if I'm dealing with a vice president of a record label, um, I know that they're looking for songs, they're looking for songwriters, they're looking for producers, they're looking for artists. And so, you know, if I meet, you know, I've, I've done a lot of connecting over the years where, you know, I, I'm, I'm doing that right now with a songwriter I know um, who's got a publishing deal offer that's about to be on the table. And, you know, he called me up and he's like, you know, I, I could really use your advice. I'm about to get this deal offer. And, you know, I, I let him know, hey, I'll, I'll let I'll let some other people in the business know about you and that deal. And, and so I I'm always trying to find ways of, you know, if I meet an artist, it's like, okay, I I know how to serve them. If I meet an executive at a label, I know how to serve them. So everything from my frame of reference, everything is always about, okay, I really want to have a relationship with this person. I want to build a relationship. I want to be in with this person. 
what can I give to them? What can I deliver them? And a lot of times when we go into relationships, like I want what I want out what of can the relationship. I get? Yeah. And I think when you go into relationships looking for, you know, is there some way I can serve this person or love this person or care about this person? So even back in the day when I had very little to offer, you know, maybe 21 years ago, 22 years ago, when I was first meeting with labels, you know, just like, I mean, I would have a vice president of a label meet with me, give me their time. I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was trying to do it hard though. And, you know, I would send somebody, you know, if, if somebody met with me, I would send them like a little gift in the mail, you know, or I would, I would send them like a really kind note. Um, I also think being persistent and following up with people is a really good thing too. I, I find a lot of artists, a lot of aspiring artists, they always think that they're bothering people. They always think that, you know, somebody's going to get upset if they bother them too much. And most people in the business respond to passion. Most people are in the business because they're passionate. So for me, if I meet an artist and every once in a while, once a month or every couple of months I hear from them, it's just translating that this is a passionate person. This person is as passionate possibly as I was before I broke into the business. But I find that a lot of artists, you know, they'll message somebody once and whether that person writes back or not, they'll, you know, not message again or they'll message them again, you know, two years later, you know, when they have something. Um, so I think, you know, really trying to figure out, like, how do I love people well? How do I care about them first? What can I give to them? How could I serve them? Um even if it's, you know, sending somebody who meets with you a gift certificate to a restaurant or for coffee or, you know, whatever it is. I think loving people, serving people, showing massive appreciation, massive thanks, no matter where you are on the ladder, whether you're at the very top of the mountain or at the in the valley trying to climb the mountain. I think being extremely thankful, letting people know how thankful you are, um, you know, looking to give back anything you can to people um, are, are some, some keys that I don't see a lot of art, uh, especially up and coming artists focusing on as much as probably they should. For sure. And I definitely appreciate those examples you gave of the things that you could give to others when you were early in your career. Cause I think a lot of artists that are listening now can take from those examples that you don't need to be somebody with 20 years of experience. Who's founded a, a number of entertainment companies to be able to give something to show that you appreciate that, that person giving you their time or, you know, listening to you. So that's, that's really exciting. I, I, for one, I'm glad that you brought up even just a, a short, simple note. I still am a very big fan of the lost art of the handwritten thank you note. I have, I have uh, got, built so many relationships with, you know, people that were way above my station at the time, just by them going, I haven't gotten a handwritten thank you note in 10 years. And you sent me one and, you know, them, you know, just, reaching out to me back and saying, thank you for that. So like even things like yeah. that can make a difference. Um, so let me, let me ask you now to reflect on just your, you know, your overall experience in the industry. You, you, you've talked about how you've been doing this for 20 years and I want to, I'd love for you to take that experience and 
put it through the lens of how things have changed for indie artists. So when you think back to how things were 20 years ago versus today, how is the world different for the indie artists who are listening to this podcast right now in terms of the opportunities they have, the challenges they have? I mean, I think the opportunities are so much more vast than when I got into the business. Um, and most of that is the internet and social media. Um, when I got into the business and this is just my personal journey, when I got into the business, the way it would work is I would meet, you know, let's say I met an aspiring artist. I would work my butt off on their project for six months or whatever it was. And then I would, or let's say, you know, I met an artist who, you know, very once in a while had the right songs and, or had, you know, something really good going on. The only move I really had was to march their music into labels or email their music to labels. And, you know, if I had 10 different A&R people or 20 or 30 different A&R people from New York to Los Angeles tell me they were not blown away enough about the music or the artist, then I really didn't have any other real moves other than to tell them to keep performing live in their local community and keep trying to grow it locally and maybe eventually try to hit up your local radio station, you know, like, like a big radio station in your area and try to develop a relationship there. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of ways to build you know, those small successes, you know, like, you know, like there's an artist that I really pretty good friends with that just got a record deal. I don't know, three, four months ago. And she was getting a half a million Spotify plays, uh, a week on her song. And I'm sorry, not Spotify, Apple music plays. And, you know, one of the heads of, the playlisting for Apple noticed the plays and noticed the song and started hitting up labels. So back in the day, like that was really only going to come from a radio station that was local or maybe a local concert promoter. Um, there just wasn't as many opportunities, you know, today you've got, you know, just access to reach out to TV and film licensing um, opportunities and, and there's, you know, there's, there's song contests online. Like there's just so many different avenues, uh, not only to build a fan base, but also get those small victories that start telling a business story about your artistry that could attract investors or, or higher level people. Um, so you know, I just think the internet has really opened up a vast array of opportunity that the artist I met 20 years ago didn't have. Wow. And it, it's it's definitely exciting. And for me, practicing law the last few years, as an attorney, it's really fun too, because I get to work on a wider variety of projects for artist clients than I ever did in the old industry where, you know, it was a much more narrow lane of talk to the A&R person, get you signed, and then you know try to make a career happen there. It's, it's really, really cool. Uh, Jason, uh, this has been 
truly excellent. I've uh, really enjoyed benefiting from your career and your experience and hearing your story of uh, your faith is was just super inspiring. Let me get this last answer from you before we let you go this week. Do you have any last tips to share with the indie artist listeners out there to help them move their careers forward? Yeah, I would say that um, the two areas that I think a lot of artists don't torture enough or work hard enough on is, you know, the songs really have to be there. And it's a lot harder to nail phenomenal songs, truly competitive songs in the marketplace which is really the way you're going to move the needle, even if you're an indie artist, is to have a competitive sounding product. You know, and I think that's at the core of that product is really how good is the song. And really, really working hard on your songwriting craft, um, writing constantly. Um, I think if you're an artist, you should always be writing. Um, I would challenge any artist out there who's not signed or unsigned to, you know, try to write at least a song a week. You know, I think that's a good goal. Um, and I think working on the live thing, I think a lot of artists today just don't work hard enough on the live thing. And, um, you know, it's going to take great songs to move the needle, but it's a great live show that can last well beyond, you know, songs moving a needle. You know, I mean, you look at some of the bands I grew up with, you know, the Bon Jovi's or the Def Leppard's or, you know, some of these 80s artists that I grew up with. And, you know, they're still playing live in front of crazy amounts of people still making millions of dollars a year. And they haven't had a hit song in 20 years. Um, but they have great, phenomenal live shows. And uh, we're always known as these really phenomenal live artists like the Bruce Springsteen's or whatever. So I think working on the song thing and really torturing the songs um, and then really working hard on your live show. And, you know, I would say any artist coming up should probably be playing live in any capacity, finding a stage and playing it anywhere, probably at least two to four times a month. Um, I would say that, that, you know, that would be the minimum that you should be playing live. Um, Even if it's a coffee shop, you know, no matter where it is, um, even if it's the national anthem somewhere. So, but I think uh, the song thing and the live thing are are really really crucial. And I think the live thing is crazy thing. Great, great insight. I am I'm smiling over here. You can't see it because it's remote, but I got my thumbs up and I'm smiling because that's just you're hitting all the marks. I love it. Uh, Jason, I've really enjoyed this interview. You can find out more about our guests work by visiting 117.com. That's O-N-E-O-N-E, the number seven dot com. And follow our guest at 117 Jason on Twitter. Jason, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thanks so much for having me. And thank you all for listening to the Break the Business podcast. 